0: Home is where God is. Old Uncle Luke, he just wants to show us the way to get home. And this week's episode is all about glass ceiling breaking. Yeah, glass ceiling breaker. Come on in, let's check it out. Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. All the bubbles of the world, we got one mission in mind. Welcome to the biblical channel. Always glad somebody's showing up because talking God, that's the way to go. We want people to read their Bible and to read it well. And when you read your Bible well, you got lots to talk about. We want you to say your prayers and we want you to get together with other people and talk God. We need to talk God. That is the one ambition that we got is to get you into your Bibles so that you can get out there and talk God. God gives us great material here, man. And if you don't read it, And especially if you don't read it right, well, then you don't have the great material. That's what we're trying to do. We are a channel for all the bubbles of the world um, to start talking God as comfortably as, you know, as you are in your flip-flops, your board shorts, and your raggedy old t-shirts. You know what I'm saying? Uh, All the bubbles of the world talk God. That's our motto here. And, uh, you know, I might as well explain, you know, for those of you who watch the Biblical channel uh you you might be horrified by the amount of skin that i am showing um and and i just might tell you that the evolution of t-shirts in my world is that i always buy a t-shirt that i think has a fun message something that might generate somebody wanting to talk god or just talk i like talking so i like t-shirts that might have that possibility of talking god but then whenever i'm done with that t-shirt i i take it to the bubble level i cut off the sleeves and the neck and it becomes a work shirt, and that's the way this t-shirt has uh, come. It's a t-shirt put together by PragerU. If you are not familiar with PragerU, get into that. P-R-A-G-E-R-U dot uh, Great short videos. I think these guys are doing great work. These guys and gals, mind you. And there's a lot of gals um, that are putting out some really great videos uh, through PragerU. Um. But anyhow, they put together this T-shirt. The future of uh, the future is male and female, and I think that relates to our text here into into some important ways. But before we go any further, let us just remind ourselves that we need to get in the mind frame, the mindset of praying, uh, and that is, uh, you know, the way Mary showed us how to pray, and that is that our soul should be magnifying the Lord, our spirit ought to be rejoicing in God, our Savior. Mary keeps it simple. We should keep it simple. Just get our mindset together like that. We ought to be speaking to God like he is our father in heaven. We ought to be thinking about God um, and his name being hallowed and his kingdom coming. And he's the one who gives us our daily bread. And we forgive others because we received forgiveness. And we ask, don't lead us into temptation. That is the heart and soul of our desire in our prayer life. And uh, speaking of that, that's next week. Jesus will teach us how to pray. Anyhow, we submit all of this to God. Let's move forward in the text and see what's going on here. We got a short text, uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. And uh, it's a quick scene. You know, Jesus just got out of this scene with a, uh, a sassy lawyer, theological lawyer type who tried to pin his back against the wall. And of course, as Jesus does, the reverse happens. He turns the table. Uh, with words and a story and he keeps a smile on his face you know we think everybody wants to you know pretend like jesus you know turned tables over and he was angry i think jesus still had a smile on his face when he turned that table over and he said man you know think about what you're doing here jesus stories always turn the table you know Uh, uh, they flip the table in our lives and and make sure that we understand you see when somebody flips a table everybody stops what they're doing and takes notice. You know, if it's not you that's flipping the table, then you still stop and take notice. If it's being flipped on you, then, well, then you stop and take notice. Table flipping always gets us to the point where we're taking notice. And, and, and these stories that Jesus generates um, get us to do just that. And let's, let, let me just say this. The right way to read the Bible is to understand that Jesus tells stories That's one of the things he does. And then he also creates stories. And basically, in both scenarios, he says, hey, figure it out. It's not hard to figure out. Uh, Figure it out. He creates stories and tells those stories, but then he creates stories just by, you know, the, the, the simple conversations that he had with people and the events, you know, that he portrayed as he walked this earth. And... If you do not understand that Jesus thinks he's God, and if you don't see Jesus as God, you will get nothing out of these stories. Uh, They will be boring. They will be silly. uh, They will be uh, uh, unmeaningful, if that's a word. Any other little story is a story that we have here is a story that Jesus creates by going into a home, Uh, a home where there are two sisters, and it's Mary and Martha. And remember, the Bible gives us these great characters who are really just like us. And Mary and Martha are just like us, um, as everybody in the Bible is. So Jesus and his disciples, so the focus of this is on, is on the disciples. They're on their way. And they come to a village where a woman named Martha opens up her home to Jesus and his crew. Um, Martha has a sister. Her name is Mary Mary. She sits down at the Lord's feet and listens to what he has to say. Martha, distracted by all the preparations that had to be made, she came to Jesus and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, Jesus says, You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. End scene. Bam. Big scene. Short passage, big scene. Because honestly, this is, uh, you know, a huge moment for those who enjoy the idea of the glass ceiling being broken. This story's for you. But the Bible's always been in the habit of breaking the glass ceiling. And if you don't know what breaking the glass ceiling is, it's, it's code for, you know, the ceiling that has been put on women and, and uh, to retard or to, you know, keep them from advancing, you know, and it's the men who, who put that ceiling in place. And so uh, the, the expression breaking the glass ceiling is an expression where, you know, women rise, you know, to the equality of men. That's a great conversation to have. I am all for it because the future is male and female together, working together, working it out together. We go together and we stay together. The future is us. Anyhow, this little episode that Jesus creates uh, by just simply going into a home is a Hallmark episode and it's big. Uh, it's big because of the implications that it has. So, first of all, the big implication that comes out of this little passage that Jesus is making very clear is that girls can be disciples. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That doesn't sound like a big deal to us because we've been listening. Our culture has been sitting on Jesus' shoulders for a long time. Um, but you need to be reminded, I need to be reminded that uh, this is not the normal way that the world had worked. Um, And it's not the normal way that the world still works today. Not even close. Yes, Jesus is saying to Martha, hey, Mary is a disciple and Mary should be a disciple. Now, you know that is really just you know a glass ceiling breaking moment um, that makes it very clear that God and Jesus representing God, Jesus actually being God, is making clear that there is no such thing in God's mind where the men get to be disciples and the women, well. They have to get into that kitchen barefoot and pregnant, or something like that. Girls can be disciples is the heart and soul of the passage. And that is revolutionary, man. That is quite striking. Um, And Jesus was definitely annoying. And here, catch this. Both men and women with the way that he treated women equally. And he invited them to be his followers equally. He does. Mm -hmm. Listen to what he says. It's plain and simple. He's not being clever. He's telling Martha, who actually wants Mary to get into the kitchen and to be as concerned about, you know, feeding the entourage as she is. And Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you need to calm down. None of us ask you to do this. It's nice. It's a, a you know, moment. he's not saying it's bad, but, you know, he's also making it clear to Martha that perhaps you need to slow down. Perhaps you need to kick back. Perhaps you need to realize that the traditions, you know, are are important to only a certain degree, but there are other things that are way important than your traditions, and Jesus is saying you need to set that aside and be more like your sister. Mary, Mary's got it right. And I'm not going to change a thing. I'm not going to tell Mary to come help you and miss out on her listening to me. I'm telling you, this is this is a mind-blowing passage and and just the way that Jesus handled himself regularly is mind-blowing. But if if we think that Jesus started treating women equally, and that the old part of the Bible didn't treat women equally, then we're crazy. We're just not reading our Bible. History, the history of the old part of the Bible is very clear. Uh, Proverbs 31 elevates the working woman and the woman who seems to have it more put together than the man does, and there isn't anything that the woman doesn't seem to be able to do. That's Proverbs 31. Um, elevating the place of women and, you know, in business and in all kinds of matters, even going out to the gate, you know, where, you know, the men gather around. But then there's also, you know, the Bible celebrating the queen of Sheba, you know, who comes to Solomon and, uh, you know, and she is a celebrated feature. She is the Ethiopian queen. And there is no disregard for her. In fact, there is every regard for her. She is treated like an equal whenever she comes before King Solomon. And then there's Deborah, you know, the warrior Deborah, back in the... the, you know the the storyline of the book of Judges. Deborah is a judge, and she puts down Barack for being a big sissy. And she gets out in front of Barack, and she says, "Let's do it. Come on." You know, but but Barack, the man, he 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 needs encouraged by this woman to be a warrior. And Deborah's like, "You nuts," you know get out of my way. Let's get this thing done. God is with us, you know? So Deborah is a celebrated figure in the Bible. And that's just a few of them. That's just a few of them. And let us not forget that equality between the sexes was exactly what God pronounced clearly in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. When in you know, when he says that in the image of God, he made them male and female. Whatever it means to be male, whatever it means to be female, comes from the image of God. The image of God is what it means to be male. The image of God, what it means to be female when it comes to human beings on the planet. I think that's crystal clear. And it is important to know that the Bible doesn't change its mind. Uh, It doesn't somehow do a big you know a bait and switch routine where it says oh okay yeah, we're going to do that but now we're not going to do that anymore never happens so jesus is quite comfortable jesus as god is quite comfortable with the women being his disciples and that that has irritated so many people including martha of all people you know we got to remember that you know sometimes you know the 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 men and the women Get things wrong, even when it comes to an issue concerning just the women. Uh, anyhow, I'll let you work that out and figure it out. But, but here Jesus is making his side very clear. He's with the women. He's with Mary. He is not going to tell Mary, "Hey, Mary, go help your sister," so that she misses, you know, out on what the big boys are doing. What the boys are doing, and that is listening to the teaching of Jesus. In fact, Jesus is definitely inviting Martha in. That there is something more important in this moment. And once again, once again, Jesus has a very clear understanding of who he is. And, and 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 he knows that he is the importance of God in the moment. And when God comes into the moment, you drop everything. You drop everything. Word of the wise, drop everything. Anyhow, God... In the Bible, God just, in general, is just not concerned about who mops up the floor and is barefoot. Barefoot and pregnant, you know, is man's idea, which is code for misogyny. It's the old way of saying that, you know, the men love to keep the women barefoot and pregnant in the home, you know, in the kitchen, in the, you know, place where only women can go. Um, so that they can serve the men, and so the men can get out there and do the big things of the world. God is not concerned about who mops the floor and who's barefoot. <laughs> who's pregnant's a different issue. Let's just not even go there. <laughs> Anyhow, but but it's 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 actually you know Genesis chapter three, and that's a, you know the, the three chapters into the Bible where where God called it, God called it, and what God calls. Is, is when Adam and Eve, you know, take the bad advice of the serpents and try to decide to be managers of good and evil on their own. God makes it very clear that there is trouble ahead. The battle of the sexes is coming, and it's not God's idea. God called it. The battle of, sex, of the sexes is coming, and it's not his idea. Whenever God pronounced, you know, the curses, you know, to the woman, here's what he said. He said, your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. God is not telling them to do this. He's saying this is what's going to happen now. Now that you want to decide what is good and what is evil, this is what the new reality, not the God reality, the new reality will be like. And, and that Hebrew word that's underneath the word desire is a much stronger word than desire. It's, it's, it's the kind of word that's like, you know, when you have desire over something, you want it under your control. And, and again, again, think about that word desire and how it related to the fruit of the tree of knowledge and good and evil. When Adam and Eve, you know, decided they desired it, you know, they wanted this to be theirs. Now the word desire is being used again by saying now desire is going to be used against you. So the woman is going to use desire over the man and then the man is going to use, unfortunately, his strength over her to rule over her. Misogyny, ladies and gentlemen, is man's idea. Nobody else's. And sometimes the women think that's a good idea, too. But misogyny is never God's idea. Never, ever, 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 ever. Simple. Put it in your pipe and smoke it or do whatever you need to do. But God's idea is that male and female have been created in his image. And whatever it means to be male and whatever it means to be female comes from God. And we need to respond appropriately. Well, the other thing that is also important to know historically is that Christianity was immediately appealing to women. Uncle Luke in 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 his gospel is going to showcase the women. He's going to put how important the women were. And in Uncle Luke, you know, telling the Jesus story, he makes it very clear that the women were sharp as whips and and the men were daft. So, if you ever play with words uh, like I do, you know, the men were daft. The women were deft, which means they were smart. Men, not so much. But anyhow, Uncle Luke is, is showcasing the importance of the women around Jesus. There's Elizabeth. There's Mary. There's the sinful woman who, you know, does the right thing, with, you know, by anointing Jesus' feet out of her appreciation and out of her love. Um, And and then there's the entourage of women that Uncle Luke told us, you know, uh, uh, chapter seven or eight. Uh, Uncle Luke's already told us that that the supporters of the ministry were the women, that there was a whole gaggle of women. And there's a lot of Marys in the Jesus story as well. Hugely popular name. Comes out of Miriam uh, from Moses's wife. Uh, but anyhow, there's a ton of Marys on the scene. Sometimes it's hard to work out the Mary. This could be the Mary uh, Magdalene who had the seven demons. It could be the you know different portions of the church have always tried to work this out and and uh, they kind of lost touch with which one was which because there were so many of them. And it doesn't really matter. What matters is what matters is 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 that Christianity was super appealing to the women. Even Martha is very excited to have Jesus in her house. And it's probable that Mary, you know, suggested to Jesus, hey, let's stop off at my sister's house. She's a great host, you know, and and she'd love to have us. And I think Mar- Martha does want to, you know, have them. But Martha, Martha's, you know, understanding of, of her role in front of Jesus needs to be improved because Jesus is inviting her in to be in the place that mary's been in and that is as a disciple a full-fledged equal disciple anyhow christianity immediately appealing to women in jesus own lifetimes but even once jesus is gone it is clearly the women who are super excited about christianity in huge numbers in fact some historians say that the bigger surprise is that any woman Did not join in to the Jesus movement. The reason is because temples um, were not family friendly. The old God's temples, these were not places for family at all. They weren't family friendly, they weren't educational, and they certainly were not centered around compassion in the community and the service of the community. That was not temples. If you think that temples and churches are the same thing, then you are wrong. Temples mosques, shrines, they still aren't, you know, family friendly. If you want to see places where the women are allowed to go certain places and the men are allowed to go certain places, then show up at a temple, a mosque, or a shrine and you will see it in action. But that is never ever the way the church is supposed to be. Now, has the church made some mistakes? Sure. But that's, but on the whole, the church is always open for business. The church is always family-friendly. The church is always inviting, you know, the women, the men, and the children. The church is always educational. The church is always compassionate. And the center of serving the community through compassion is the way of Jesus' gatherings. and And, and just think about this for one second. The very word church means meeting. That's all it means is that the world's full of different kind of meetings and God's going to put his own meeting into the community. And that meeting is what church is all about. The meeting of God is family friendly. The meeting of God is educational. The, meaning, the meeting of God is compassionate to those involved in the community around and at large. Uncle Luke, Uncle Luke has been showing this off. Wives, you know, I I know I know what some of you are all thinking. You know, some of you are all thinking like old oh, Billy, there's that there's that line in the Bible that says, wives submit to husbands, right? And there you go. There's there's that old misogynistic, you know, call that the Bible has, you know, for uh, you know, the the, the woman to be barefoot and pregnant and contained in the kitchen, you know, mopping those floors barefoot, whatever the case might be, and being abused by her husband. No, 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 no you need to read further. Yeah, the Bible says wives submit to your husbands, but you need to read what, what Jesus says to the husbands. You need to read what the apostles said to the husbands. You need to read you know the whole thing. You can't stop at just wives submit to your husbands. You got to read what husbands are supposed to do. What are they supposed to submit to? They're supposed to submit to a husband that is sacrificing their own life the way Jesus did for the church, but sacrificing their life for the wife. God ain't asking wives to submit to husbands' buffoonery. God is asking wives to submit to husbands who are sacrificing their lives for them. And this isn't about taking bullets. You know, those of you men who think, oh yeah, I'd sacrifice my life for my wife. It's not what we're talking about. The text says, the apostles say, the apostles of Jesus Christ say, the disciples understood it very clearly, husbands are to sacrifice their life for the sake of lifting up their wife. Oh, yeah, that's the rest of the story. The air of equality that we breathe, ladies and gentlemen, comes from God. Brothers and sisters, this comes from God, Jesus, the Bible, and, and this is the only place. It does not come from the temples. It does not come from, you know, the, the, the mosques or the shrines or any place. The air of equality that we breathe comes from God, Jesus, the Bible. From the old part of the Bible, from the new part of the Bible. Biblical equality begins by understanding that we are all sinners, men and women. The future of male and female is that male and female are still all sinners. And because we start at that place, now we understand that we all need God's grace. And we all need to take the love of God to all because God's grace is God's love to us. So we should respond by loving God. And then we should also respond by loving God, by loving the people around us. Otherwise, if we don't do that, then we need forgiven. If you're lording over somebody in the name of Jesus, well, you're wrong. Worldly equality is not Christian equality. Worldly equality is a punisher and a hater. Worldly equality uses inequality as an excuse to beat up somebody. Godly equality begins with the understanding that we're all sinners and we all need God's grace. And we all need to take the love of God to all. Otherwise, we we need forgiven again. And we all need the grace of God every day of the week to get through this life. Well, that's God's idea of equality. And it's available to the men and the women, the male and the female. And yes, indeed, the future is always going to be male and female. And the glass ceiling is broken by the Bible. The glass ceiling is broken by God, no other. Human beings put the glass ceilings in place, all kinds of glass ceilings in place. It's God that breaks them down because we're equal in his mind. We've been made equally. Male and female carrying the image of God are just that. Males and females carrying the image of God. So anyhow, um, the other big idea in this passage is don't worry. Only God is important. And that's what Jesus has been talking about all along. When Jesus says, you know, to, to Martha, and you know, I love the fact that Martha is really sassy to Jesus. She's like, you know, she's got her hands on her hips. She's like, Lord, Lord Jesus, let me give you the business. Don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work myself? Tell her to help me out. And Jesus says, Martha, Martha, easy, easy, easy. Take it easy, Martha. You're worried and upset about too many things. There might even be just one thing that's important. What's he talking about? God. Who's in the room? Who's in Martha's house? God. Listen, when we are distracted, worried, and concerned, we got the ways of this world whirling around in our minds. And we need to think about that one thing that's important. And that is God, who always gets it right, by the way. If we read your Bible right, you'll understand. God always has it right. Let's take the time to get it right. Let's take the time to appreciate what God's doing here. Anyhow, we'll catch you next time when Jesus teaches us how to pray. See you next time.